Matthew chapter 9. We're going to read from verses uh, 31 to 38. And this is a passage we often go to, those that would preach at a missions conference or a missions emphasis and so on. And uh, I'm not going to be looking through this passage. We're just going to look at one phrase, but still getting the context of it. Let's read here Matthew chapter 9, <coughs> verses 35 to 38. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the, his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just pray to the end, Lord, here with the prayer request that you had. <coughs> and Lord, that is that the laborers would be sent. And Lord, that uh, they would be sent out into the harvest because the harvest is plenteous. We just pray uh, to that end in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we see... You know, they're walking there, and yet we see Jesus, he noticed something that other people didn't notice. And what really stirred my heart is, not really as I was reading this, oftentimes when you're in your devotional walk with God, you're reading a passage, <coughs> then later on throughout the week you're reading, and then, or two weeks later, you're reading, and then something pops out to you, and it makes connection with something else that you read, and really, that's what happened here. We're going to go to that other passage where I was reading through my devotional walk with God, and then I read this the next passage we're going to go to and made connection with this passage. <coughs> and here, and the title of the message is The Great Commission Through the Eyes of Jesus. The Great Commission Through the Eyes of Jesus. <coughs> and I fear that, you know, uh, sometimes we need to just, are we, we've, we, we dive into something, we go deep, and we really don't know what we're doing. You know, you buy something new, and you start assembling it, and you just go deep into it, and then you find out you got to backtrack, and you, you actually do need, you know, the instruction manual of how to install it. <coughs> and so you backtrack, and you, you undo so much, and then you finally start off doing it right. And I think, you know, with the Great Commission, we, we dive into it, and we really don't know what we're doing, so to speak. And where we need just to sometimes back off and just relax and look at mission through the eyes of Jesus and we'll do things that Jesus did on this earth and not our own things. Here they're walking. The disciples, why weren't they burdened? Why, why, were, why don't we hear of them having great compassion? But here we see that Jesus, who is he? The Bible says he is the good shepherd. And you know what's exciting here? <coughs> that it tells us why he had compassion, why he was burdened. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Because, meaning the reason and the motive, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. And so that's our problem, where we're walking in life and we're not seeing this world the way Jesus sees it, because we're not understanding and we're not, being, we're not <coughs> in the same place. And that's what I want us to realize is that, you know, and we're going to get to that other passage where we're going to make connection, but where we need to see the Great Commission through the eyes of Jesus. You know, uh, 
before I ever did power line construction, you know, you'd never find me staring at a hydro pole and looking at how well they did all the work. But whatever field you are part of, you start noticing things, right? And whatever field, uh, before deputation, uh, and through my college years, I was welding. I was welding at a company for uh, almost nine years. And, you know, I'll stop and I'll inspect welds wherever I might be, you know, just looking at, you know, did they weld it properly? Did they scrape the slag off? Did they, you know, wrap it around? Is, it, is there any undercut? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but you would never look at a weld. You could care less about a weld or look at a hydropole and see if they, you know, tied in the ties nice into the transformer or if they, you know, uh, if they um, have the right leverage on the pole or if they squared off the washer or if they just left it uh, uh, on, like a diamond shape or did they take the time to square it off nice. You could care less. You would never notice that. But being in the trade, I noticed those things. Now here, look at Jesus Christ. And <clears throat> these other people weren't on the same page, but this was Jesus' burden. And how that we need to go out into this world and look at this world through the eyes of Jesus. And, you know, we're just so busy doing our own thing. And, and you know, uh, how many of us were out, what was it, two days ago, Black Friday? You know, and we had, we had our uh, eyes set on something all year long. And now it was on sale. And all they did is bump up the price and put it on sale. And now we went and purchased it. You know, and so we were just so focused on our own thing. Yet we just need to calm down and pause and and take a <laughs> you know a breath of fresh air and just consider this world through the eyes of Jesus. You know, and how God will just then use you like a Philip and say, "Hey, I want you to go share the gospel with so and so today." And you know how, how once the last time that's happened in our life, where we just we we were here doing what we were supposed to do. You know, I, I fear that we have this idea that churches just come and go, take it or leave it. The Great Commission, we treat it the same way. When that's who we are, who we are. We are witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses. It is who we are. <coughs> yes, our own will comes in the way. <coughs> we're going to see uh, what Jesus did about that. Our own will comes in the way. But the Bible says that ye are bought with a price. And that you are not your own. You don't have ownership of your life. And so it's not a matter of doing your own thing. Uh, Jesus has bought you. Uh, that's redemption. It's called buying back. Because he lost a great prize in the Garden of Eden. Remember the Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. That which was lost in the Garden of Eden. Jesus now comes to seek and to save that which was lost. And God is here to restore mankind and God the great missionary the first great missionary you know he didn't just leave Adam he pursued Adam because he wanted Adam and that goes to show God's great love for us how he truly loves us and and he's pursuing us and you've heard my testimony and you have a testimony of salvation as well if you're saved and how you can look back in your life and you can see how God was pursuing you and he, want, and he wanted you, and how special you are in his sight, not only to be saved, but also now to be that vessel fit for the master's use, that, that tool, that it's just, it's ready there, you know, it's not uh, seized up, he doesn't need a bottle of WD-40, 
and, and a brush and all sorts before you can get it to go. No, you're that tool. You're ready. You're fit for the master's use. And so the Great Commission through the eyes of Jesus. Take your Bibles now to John chapter 20. And this is the passage I was referring to. How in my devotional walk then I was reading this and made connection. And this is where the sermon came from. Just uh, uh, seeing how Jesus was sent. John chapter 20 verses 19 uh, to 20. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week. When the doors were shut where the, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them. Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus, uh, then said Jesus uh, to them again, Peace be unto you. Notice this. <coughs> As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And this is where God just convicted me and, and where I started doing a study. And the Bible says, here very plainly, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. <coughs> and you know, it's not just uh, uh, the fact of the matter saying, God sent Jesus and now Jesus sends us. No, it goes deeper than that. It's saying, in the same manner that God sent Jesus, He now sends us in the same manner. And so, it, we, we should then go look at the life of Jesus and see, how was Jesus sent? If we are sent just as the Father had sent Jesus, then let, let's learn uh, from the greatest example of Jesus Christ and how He was sent and then live our day just like Jesus and look at this life, look at the Great Commission <coughs> through the eyes of Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at a few passages here and build on it. But every passage is going to be Jesus Christ testifying of himself and his own life and the reason and the purpose for his existence <coughs> and why his father sent him. The Great Commission is not an option. The Great Commission is not man's idea. We have lost the fact that the Great Commission is a command to fulfill from the will of God. He is the one not willing that any perish and we are here to do the will of the Father. You know, many people in their youth and college and career days, you know, they struggle and they wonder, what is the will of God for my life? And it's very simple. You know, the will of God is exactly that. It's His will. And it's for your life. In other words, you have no saying. Your will, your ambition, your desires shouldn't interfere. Can God use that? Yes, if a man so desire the office of a bishop, and so we see there's that desire. And, and we see another passage where God will grant us the desires of our heart. But everything is in tune and in the, in, in, uh, in the safety net, so to speak, of the all-encompassing will of God. And so how the will of God is exactly that. It's His will for our life. And part of that is He is not willing that any perish. We are not our own, as I mentioned, and are not here to do our own thing. Missions must be seen through the eyes of Jesus. The first point I have is Jesus' mission. And what I mean by mission is 
why he did what he did. You know, your church might have a mission statement. Uh, on our website, we have a mission statement, and it's very simple. It's Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. That is our mission statement. <coughs> I told you earlier, you know, that in our that we are called to preach the gospel, plant churches, and prepare nationals. You know, that pattern is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, the Great Commission, where we are to teach the nations, and so they need to be taught the gospel to the point where they're saved, they are baptized, they're added to the church, and then they are discipled, and they are trained, and then they are trained to do the same thing over. And so, that is, in a nutshell, we are there to preach the gospel, plant churches, and then prepare nationals to do the same thing. And so here we see Jesus' mission, his mission in life, his goal, <coughs> why he came. Jesus' very purpose of leaving heaven was missions. He came for a purpose, and that was, like we mentioned before, to seek and to save that which was lost. And yes, he came for that one reason, to die on the cross for us, but he did a lot of other things. He set the wheel in motion for a lot of other things, and one of those things he did is start the local church when he came here. And so a part of that was seeing people saved, baptized, and how they, they, were, they were added uh, unto the church, as we see in the book of Acts later. <coughs> but he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus submitted to the will of his Father and came down from heaven to do the will of the Father. Take your Bible to John chapter 6, verse 38. So we're just going to be bouncing around in the book of John here. And every time it's going to be Jesus himself speaking, testifying of his own life. And what I want us to then think about is, as my Father had sent me, even so send I you. Then we look at these passages and say, okay, this is how Jesus was sent. I want to now apply that to my life, get very practical, and live that same way. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. John chapter 6, verse 38. <coughs> Jesus said, For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And so Jesus said, As, uh, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And how was he sent? I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And that would be the theme of our life, you know. It's very simple. You wake up and say, God, I want to do your will. Would you empower me to do your will, that my will wouldn't interfere? And I'm here to do your own, uh, to do your will. And it's that simple. If you go to bed in the will of God, you'll wake up in the will of God. And then you submit your life to God and his will, and you live his will throughout the day. You go to bed in His will, you wake up in His will, and that's how you live life. <clears throat> but you have to give yourself over. And Jesus taught us that. It's very powerful because He was 100% God, 100% human, yet He taught us this obedience and this submission. We're going to see some more passages. And very powerful. But notice, He says, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Evidently, he chose to do that because he says, I didn't come to do my own will. He could have done his own will, but he came to do the will of him that sent me. 
And so if we're going to be sent the way Jesus was sent, and if we're going to see the Great Commission through his eyes, <coughs> every day we're going to say, not my will, Lord. And he ex and Jesus didn't just say this here, he exemplified that and he taught us that. And the most crucial part of his life when it came down to the crunch time, when it came down <coughs> to being crucified, he endured the cross uh, for the joy that was set before him. Yet he, he learned obedience and he submitted himself to the cross and he said, uh, God, if there be any other way, but nevertheless, let your will be done. And in such a powerful way, he taught us that, you know what, just every day, turn everything over to God and live your life not with your will and your ambitions in mind, but the will of God. And so how powerful, <coughs> Jesus says, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And here we learn how he was sent. So what was the will of the Father? Jesus then says in verse 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And we know what that's referring to. That's referring to reaching out to this world and having them believe on him that they might have everlasting life. <coughs> and then that great day that we await where that Jesus Christ will come and raise him up at the last day. And Jesus always has that last day in mind, you know, where, uh, where full redemption will, will, where redemption will come to full fruition, so to speak. Because... You know, we are saved, but we're left here. And then we have the Holy Spirit as an earnest, which would be present day, we would call a down payment. You know, you give a down payment on something at a yard sale because you don't have enough, or you're at a car dealership, you give $2,000 down, that's an earnest. You're coming back for full redemption, for full buying. <coughs> Jesus Christ is coming back to do the same thing, and he always had that in mind. But notice, he came here to do the will of him that sent him, and this was the will, you know, that he would reach out to these people. <coughs> Jesus' purpose was to please his Father in obedience to his Father's will. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 29. And then what I'm getting at is, look at, these are, this is Jesus, his own words, his own testimony of how he was sent, then going back to the verse that says, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And then applying this to our life as a theme, where we are then looking at this world through the eyes of Jesus. <coughs> John chapter 8, verse uh, 29. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. And the Bible says, For without faith, it is impossible to please him. And here we see that Jesus did always those things that pleased him. So this proves that he lived a life of faith. <coughs> a life of faith. So he submitted his will. He lived a life of faith. Jesus worked hard at his mission <coughs> and had a sense of urgency and an attitude where time was valuable and could not be wasted. John 9 verse 4 I must work the works of him that sent me. Notice, him that sent me. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. So he had a sense of urgency where he was busy 
about his father's business. <coughs> Jesus always had in mind to finish the work given to him. We all have our time frame where we can work and we must uh, and we need to finish that which God has given us to do. We're going to take uh, one more passage here then we'll be done. John chapter 4 verse 34. And uh, this is where he's reaching the woman at the well. The disciples come back and offer him meat. And we see his reply here, very powerful. John 4.34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. You know, we take in meat so that we can then work, and then we work so that we can take in meat, and that's the cycle of life. We, we work to eat, and then we eat so we can work. Well, Jesus applied that and says, that which consumes my life, and that what I give my life to, is the will of God. You know, my meat is to do the will of God. <coughs> he was saying that that what he worked for and kept him going was the will of God. And how that we need to apply that to our life, saying, you know, we're always busy about doing our own thing and, and thinking of the physical, and Jesus taught them a lesson. And that's what I'm getting at, where we're so busy. Uh, you see the two ladies serving Jesus, one's all busy and so on, and one just pauses and worships at the feet of Jesus. <coughs> and, you know, we're busy about our life, but where we just need to pause and go to Jesus and, and you know, say, okay, this is what he's doing. Look what we just missed. We just missed him reaching out to the woman at the well, the people that we hate and despise, uh, the, the Samaritan people, and look what we just missed. And, and that's, that's, the, that's what I fear that we're going to miss out on so much And because we just take and leave the Great Commission where the Great Commission should be our life. And has, <coughs> as the Father has sent Jesus, he has sent us to do his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this hour uh, in your word.